these sheep have to be fed every day. And that's how you need to think of it. You know, I'll have people come to me and say, gosh, I had a really great day. I fed four of my five black sheep values today. And my response is that's an awful day. You would never get to the end of the day and say, hey, I fed four of my five children today. Welcome to the Midland Money Mindset. This is a podcast that's all about getting your mind right when it comes to all things money. In every episode, we go deep with engaging guests who provide tangible takeaways and a whole lot of joy along the way. I hope you enjoy these conversations as much as I enjoyed having them. Let's dive into today's show. I'm Larry Sprung, your host for the Midland Money Mindset and founder and wealth advisor of Midland Financial. Today's guest is Brant Mansoir, CEO and founder of Bookie Call, best-selling author and motivational speaker. Brant is a retired rock star with 20 years of experience in entertainment who doubles as a book marketing genius, best-selling author, and top-rated podcaster. Brant Mansoir is a core values activist and named one of the country's top 10 motivational speakers and a self-professed coffee snob. His books and top 200 podcast, Thoughts That Rock, expand on his groundbreaking work around values-based leadership, described as disarmingly simple and incredibly powerful. Passionate and engaging, Brant encourages audiences to discover their black sheep values and move forward with deliberate intention. His interactive and entertaining ways of defining what matters most enables audiences to develop the skills necessary to perform at the highest level. He has helped to change what's possible for industry-leading organizations like Netflix, Verizon, Anthem, SunTrust, Microsoft, ESPN, Hilton, and dozens more. Listen in for some great takeaways about Brand's most recent entrepreneurial venture, Bookie Call, and some amazing takeaways to connect with others to feel inspired and find purpose. Well, hello, everybody. Larry Sprung here, and I have the great pleasure of being with Brant Menzoir. He's the CEO and founder of Bookie Call, best-selling author and motivational speaker. Thanks for joining us today, Brant. Thanks, Larry. Appreciate you having me. Yeah, it's awesome to have you. Listen, I want to give our listeners an idea of who you are and what your path to founding Rockstar Impact as well as Bookie Call. You know, what got you here? I spent 20 years in the music business, two different bands, two different record deals, toured the world, was a literal rock star for almost 20 years and decided I didn't want to be, you know, 60 years old, still, still out on tour, living out of a, a van or bus. So had to find a way to sort of transition out of that world. And that led me into sort of the public speaking world and, and conference speakers. And so I started that about eight years ago. And uh, my company, Rockstar Impact, really sort of centers around values-based leadership. And I've written several books, but uh, my last book called Black Sheep really focuses on your five non-negotiable black sheep values. They're called that because a black sheep's wool cannot be dyed. And so every black sheep is 100% authentically original. And so we're sort of reclaiming what you think when you hear black sheep. Black sheep's a good thing. You should be who you were created to be and not a copy of anybody else. And so that led me to identifying one of those black sheep values for myself, which was creativity. 
And so for me, I have to feed that sheep every day. And that led to the writing of that book, the promoting of that book, and in the promotion of Black Sheep, really had a bad experience with you know, a well-known book publicist firm that just, I didn't feel like did a good job at all. And so it sort of forced me into figuring out how to do it better. And so we started sort of trying some of the same things that we would use in the music business to sell albums, to try to sell books. And a lot of it worked. And in the midst of that, one of the things that we realized, uh, myself and my, my business partner, Jim Knight, was the book world and sort of the publishing world in general doesn't really do a great job at embracing how people choose to connect in a digital world. They didn't have to, right? For a long time. <laughs> For a long time, right? And so the truth is that three out of five marriages, uh, I think the latest stat is, is people who met each other online in some sort of a dating app, right? Whether it's eHarmony or Match or, or Tinder or any of these other ones that are out there. And um, we said, God, it would, wouldn't it be great if there was an app that matched people with a compatible book instead of with a person? And a la, here we are several months later <laughs> with an app called Bookie Call, which is a dating app for books. It actually matches people with compatible books. Amazing. You saw a problem and you uh, you solved it. And in full disclosure, I have to say this is before even the dating apps, but I met my wife online in uh, basically on AOL in a, nice. uh, I guess the equivalent of a chat room right. 20 plus years ago. So uh, Amazing. I'm a product of that three of five. So <laughs> Amazing. And now I got to ask you another question. So a friend of mine, and I have to ask you this as a rock star, mm -hmm. have you ever used or do you use rocket pedals? I have used rocket pedals. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I know the own, I know one of the owners of that company. I'm working on getting him on the show. Hopefully oh, he'll fantastic. either be on it already or he'll be uh, coming up soon. But yeah, our kids go to prep school together and are hockey players. And uh, yeah, I hear all the crazy stories about him going on tour and supplying who he supplies rocket pedals to. And he's got some great stories. Yeah, you know, the the pedal culture for guitar players is a it's a bit of a disease, right? It's it's, it's sort of like uh whether it's golf clubs for some or or guitars for others, pedals are one you just you're always looking for that perfect sound, that perfect pedal. So, yes, I've got suitcases full of pedals including <laughs> The rocket pedal. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll bring this back on because I wasn't expecting to go in that direction. But so listen, most kids don't dream of being a motivational speaker. I mean, is that just something you kind of fell into? You felt really comfortable doing because of your stage presence and whatnot from being a rock star? How do you end up in that you know regard? It comes back to the, the non-negotiable values, right? Uh, so for myself, impact is another one. So, so, you know, I say we all have a flock of five of these black sheep values. And so for me, I actually have six. It's not unusual to have one more or one less, but you can't really have any more than that and deliberately honor those values on a daily basis. And so for me, creativity, hope, impact, empathy, family, authenticity, those are my six. And in that light, what started off in music as just sort of, you know, it it wasn't something I'd planned on. I actually planned on playing professional baseball and uh, <laughs> went to college to play ball and, and got, ended up getting hurt and having to figure out an alternate plan. You know, music just sort of fell in my lap and it worked. People liked it. I started to get booked to play out. And then before you know it, I'm touring, doing, you know, 70, 100 shows a year and 
what I realized is it was about impact, right? There's one of those values again. And so music for me was a way that I could generate the type of impact that I wanted to. And as it sort of continued on, I, I sort of just shifted from one platform to the next. I was sort of forced off the road. My my oldest son had gotten sick. And so I, I couldn't be gone for as long as I was gone and, and be able to help with his care. And so it was a, a scenario that this allowed me to maintain that impact that I was looking for, but just in a very different way. That's amazing. And I, I hope your son is doing better now. And I understand, you know, we make changes and choices in our life based upon different things. And I guess as a father and as a person going back to that impact, if you didn't have those values, you could have very easily said, listen, I'll let somebody else take care of them and continue to go on the road on my merry way. But because of those values, it really tied you back to doing what you wanted to do and what you felt inherently was right for you, which is, which is 100%. great. You know, I love your saying, and I've seen it in a number of places, that you don't find purpose. Choose purpose. Can you explain what you mean by that? Well, it's the biggest lie we've ever been told when it comes to purpose, that you got to go out and find it. But the reason that we don't is because it's not something you find. It is something you choose, and it's a choice based on discovering what your non-negotiable values are. Your purpose is just the activation of these non-negotiable values. So for me, when you know that my black sheep values are creativity, hope, impact, empathy, family, authenticity, when you hear my purpose, which is to creatively impact others by authentically providing hope, it makes sense because my values are within my purpose. And if you were to go out and ask people tell me what your five non-negotiable values are, I can tell you that, that only less than 1% can do it. Right. And so really? because less than 1% can do it, and we've had over 10,000 people take our assessment. So we're, we're very, we're very strong on the mm -hmm. data front as to what's real and what's not. People have an idea of what matters to them, but they're about the average person has 30 different values that they deem incredibly important in their life. And when that's the case, then nothing is important. And so you, you have to whittle it down to five and you have to be deliberate with your intention. You have to program them to appear in your day every day in your calendar with every appointment, with every, every sort of thing that you have going on interaction with other people. This is an opportunity to bring these values to life. And so for me, that's really what it was, the purpose and the values have to be in alignment with each other to have the sort of impact that you really desire. Yeah, I think that's great stuff. And, you know, I talk a lot about and I've talked about it on the show. You know, I talk about a life by design rather than by default. Mm -hmm. And there are so many people that are going around doing whatever they're doing and just kind of like a leaf blowing in the wind. You know, sure. hey, if it brings me this way, it brings me that way. And I'm like, no, you know, you can really design things the way. And I talk about where I am now. My office is seven miles from my house. It's a 12 minute drive. When my son was, uh, you know, four, five, six years old, I made a conscious decision. My office was about 40 minutes away. I said, you know what? I want to be there for those events in his life. I want to be able to pop out from the office and go to school and be there for an event and come back. I circled a 10 mile radius around my house and I said, I will find an office that will fulfill me. And, you know, I think to your point, yeah, I mean, I don't think your purpose is really just there. You have to go out and find it sometimes. There's, a, there's work involved there. It's not something that's just going to show up one day. Yeah, I agree 100%. So how does somebody 
you know, you, you mentioned, and I never thought about it this way, right? You can't dye the wool of a black sheep. Never even crossed my mind till you, you said that. And it, you know, makes a hell of a lot of sense, obviously. So how does somebody go about determining what those black sheep values are for them? Cause right. It's, it's different for everybody. So how, where do they start? There's a couple of different ways that you can go about it. You can sort of take the, the Maslow route and, and look at what he would call peak experiences over the course of your life and do a deeper dive into what those experiences were and the type of impact that they had in your life. The truth is that core values really don't change. I mean, they rarely, rarely change outside of a catastrophic event in your life. Um, they're pretty much etched in stone by the time you're in your early twenties. And so why people think they change is because they never settle on what the five actually are. They are in the realm of the 2030 or so that are important. And so they feel like their values shift, but that's just not the case. The values really are static, right? Our purpose is static. What changes is our mission. And so how we choose to honor that purpose and honor those values changes on a daily basis, but the values and the purpose itself doesn't change. And so the way that I would suggest, and this is why we created an assessment is to sort of dip your toe into the values pool, which is for, for some is a exercise in vulnerability, mm-hmm. um, sort of going back over the course of your life, because a lot of times our values are, are born from negative experiences, right? Things that are really, that you never want to have happen again, or that shaped you in a, in a negative way. So for us, at findyourblacksheep.com, there's an assessment you can go and take. It's a short 10-minute assessment. And what it does is it presents you with about 125 commonly held personal core values. And it says, you know, in a knee-jerk sort of reaction, just go ahead and identify the ones that you deem important, that are really important to you. And this is why we know over the, you know, the 10,000 plus people that have taken this, that uh, the average person selects at least 30. And so you have to take those 30 and group them by likeness. So you start to go, okay, things like empathy, sympathy, caring for others, that's that goes in one bucket. Things like success, achievement, that goes in another bucket. And before you know it, the 30 or so that you selected are sort of categorized into five different buckets based on likeness. And out of those five buckets, you have to choose the one from each that is your non-negotiable. What's the one that you can't live without? And that sort of gets you to your initial, what you think is your flock of five black sheep values. What I will tell you is that I can speak with authority that they will not be correct the first time you do it. (laughs) Two or three of them will be correct. Two or three of them will be what we call aspirational values. They are caring for other people's sheep. So there's somebody who has imprinted on you in a way that has um, made you really care about something, but it's not for your own sake, it's for their sake. And sometimes it takes a minute to separate those things. Interesting. I think that's amazing. And the flock of five that you talk about, that's simply those five black sheep values that you're speaking of. And I happen to say five's my lucky number. So I'm, I'm a big fan of five. Is there significance to that number? Is there a reason why it's five, not six, not four? It's not unusual to have an extra. So six is or four, right? I so think you mentioned you had six, right? I have six. Yes. You, you really can't go above six and be deliberate with your intention every day. So these are things, these sheep have to be fed every day. And that's how you need to think of it. You know, I'll have people come to me and say, gosh, I had a really great day. I fed four of my five black sheep values today. And my response is that's an awful day. That's a horrible day. You would never get to the end of the day and say, Hey, I fed four of my five children today. That's how you need to think of it. And so the, the interesting thing is this. 
while farmers don't value black sheep like the rest of the flock because their, their wool doesn't die, they do have tremendous value. They just value them in a very different way. So farmers keep one black sheep for every hundred white sheep in their care, and they keep them as a marker. And so if a sheep farmer has 500 sheep in their flock, they have five black sheep. And every morning the sheep farmer gets up and the very first thing they do is they look out over their flock and they look for five black sheep. And if they don't see five black sheep, they know something is wrong. Those black sheep stand out from the crowd because they are unique and original. In that same light, you on a daily basis have to be leading with those five black sheep so that you get the farmer's first look, right? You want everybody's first look, whether that's a client, whether that's a customer, whether that's a family member or a friend, you really desire the first look. And so the way that you get that is by leading with the things that make you the unique original that you are. That doesn't happen by accident. So when I coach people and and we work through this platform, we program them into your calendar. So if you looked at my calendar today, you would see that I am uh, doing this podcast, Larry, with you, and you would see two words next to it, which is impact and hope. And the reason that I wrote impact and hope next to this is because those are the two things that I am speaking into existence on this call. This is something that is by deliberate intention. I am not waiting for the perfect moment. I am not hoping that it's going to manifest itself. I am speaking it into existence. And I go into every conversation, every interaction with everyone I have with that same intention. Until you start living your life that way, you're winging it. And winging it is never going to give you sustainable long-term success in life and business, period. It doesn't matter. And so for me, you have to start living with that deliberate intention to live life to its fullest and experience everything that is possible for you. Listen, I love that. So you're basically in everything in your calendar, you're kind of tying it back to one of these black sheep values. And at the end of the day, you want to make sure that in your case, the six, but if you have the flock of five, you want to make sure that you've hit and achieved at least those five things and those five intentions or values over the course of the day. That's exactly right. Now, what I would say is a a disclaimer is this, not all the sheep get the same amount of food every day. (laughs) Right. There are certain days that some get table scraps and others get a seven course meal, but they all have to eat. They all have to be touched on a daily basis. One of the things I found out after the book had been published, which is one of those things that it just drives you crazy. You find out like a really great nugget after it's done and you're like, oh, I should have included that. <laughs> that's what the revision's for, right? <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Second edition. <laughs> Second edition. So what we discovered is that sheep recognize the voice of their shepherd is what I was told. Right. And so I was like, I can't believe I got to, I have to do some research because I don't believe that this is true. So what the truth is, is this sheep recognize the voice of the person that feeds them, but they have very short term memory. And so if you don't feed them, they don't recognize your voice Right. in that same metaphor. The reason that you are deliberately feeding these values is so they are there for you when you call them, when you need them. If you do not regularly feed them, they are not going to be there in your darkest hour. They are not going to be there when you need them to perform at your best. And so the idea with this is we give them even just a little bit, even just a little nibble on a daily basis, and they continue to recognize our voice so they can be useful to us when we actually need them. 
makes a lot of sense. Is it somewhat of a test, like after you go through the exercise and you think you've determined what these five are, right? If you're consistently seeing on a day-to-day basis that you're not feeding one of those, is that a clear indication that maybe that is not one of the block of five and you should kind of relook at that process and take a look at it again? Yeah, 100%. So it's a five-week program, and weeks two and three is all about tracking. At the end of each day, you sit down with a journal, and you look at what you have claimed that your black sheep values are, and you look for evidence. I say all the time to everyone that I work with, whether that's Netflix, Verizon, ESPN, St. Jude, it doesn't really matter. You only need belief in the absence of proof, Right. right? I say it all the time. And so stop convincing yourself to believe something and instead find the proof and acknowledge it. And so what we do in that tracking moment is we are looking for proof that what you say is real is actually real. And then if it is, you don't have to believe it. You just acknowledge it. Right. If it's not there, we have to figure out why. And sometimes it's because you are sabotaging yourself. Sometimes it's because you're caring for other people's sheep and there's no time left for yours. And so we have to figure out what that is. And so over the course of five weeks, we always see a shift in at least two or three of what the initial flock actually was. And oftentimes we do what I call leveling up, right? So if you told me that faith family and community were three of your black sheep values. I would argue that none of them are your black sheep values. The value is connection. And you just gave me three really, really powerful ways in which you experience connection. And so that's leveling up to a value that is higher in the hierarchy of the family of values that it exists, right? And so the closer you get to the top of the hierarchy, the more that it covers underneath it for all the different ways that you could experience it. And so sometimes we drill down so deep and so specific that we don't leave ourselves any margin to experience that value anywhere else. Right, which is going to be hard to feed that value if it's so, so specific. It gives you a lot more opportunity to fulfill yourself if you have that higher level uh, value, I guess, right? I'm going to certify you, Larry, (laughs) As a a coach here, you're you're getting it all right. (laughs) Thank you. So listen, I want to pivot for a second. You know, many of the authors that we serve are loving this concept of data book. Yeah. Can you explain to our audience, I know you gave us like a real high level when we first started talking of what this is and how it ties into the Bookie Call app. I'm sorry, Bookie Call. Yes. We're not gambling here. (laughs) No, no, not gambling. The interesting thing is... I have always found that in the creativity process or the innovation process, sometimes it's best to just take something that already exists and apply it in a different industry. And so that's exactly what we did with Buki Call. So we said, we don't have to reinvent the wheel. We have to take things that are working in other areas and see if they work for us in what we do. And so we knew that there were 44 million people who use dating apps every single day in the United States. And so what we did was we said, the psychology behind finding that compatible mate has been proven successful over and over and over again. So how do we take something that has worked in one industry and apply it to another? And we took sort of the example questions that a lot of these things will ask you. Who should swipe right on me? What are my most attractive traits? What is the dorkiest thing about me? What's my favorite inspirational quote? You are finding these triggers that allow people to align. Here it comes. 
values <laughs> and find people who share the same sort of a value. So we said, can we do the exact same thing with a book instead of a person? And so we have a staff of about 16 writers and our writing staff crafts these custom dating profiles, which is really just a very creative book review <laughs> that is centered around nine questions that we took from actual dating apps. And so the review is wrapped in the answers to those questions. So who should swipe right on me? You get a little bit of the reveal as to what's inside the book. What's my best qualities? You get a little more. What is uh, the dorkiest thing about me? You get a little bit more. What would we eat or drink on our first date? You get a little bit more. And so you start to reveal the contents of the book through the answers to these questions. And what we are allowing for now is an emotional connection, just like you would swipe right and say, I want to go on a date with that person. You are now going, gosh, I really love what I'm reading about this book. The book has a, has a, we say we bring books to life. So the book now has a soul and you have a chance to connect to that instead of just reading the back of the book or going to an Amazon review or a Goodreads review and trying to decide whether or not it's right for you. We allow you to connect on an emotional level. And now four months after release, we are a quarter of a million downloads. We have about 40,000 active users every month that add about 5,000 books a day to their to-be-read lists. Wow, that's amazing. And I'm sure you could end up using this proof of concept, I, I would imagine, and use it in uh, and apply it in other areas too. Absolutely. You know, you're the musician. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I, I know musicians are clamoring for people to uh, buy songs and whatnot. I'm sure there could be an application there as well. Who knows? Music, movies, restaurants, you name it. There's a million different applications for something like this. Yeah. Uh, amazing. You talk about meeting people who live their lives on their own terms, right? And yes. you talk a lot about that. Why do you love meeting people who do that or live like that? Uh, because I spent 40 plus years of my life winging it <laughs> and winging it successfully, I might add. That's the... The craziness is that the reason that people don't live with deliberate intention is because we are really good at winging it. And whether you think you are or not, you are. You are alive and you exist. Thus, you are really good at winging it. If someone is successful in the act of winging it, what is the incentive for them to actually start to live with deliberate intention? And it takes a minute to convince them that there is so much more. There is so, so much more. Imagine out there. what you could be doing if you actually planned it, right? That's exactly it, right? And so, you know, it took me living through it and, and experiencing it. So, I, you know, I started as a speaker maybe seven or eight years ago. And this wasn't until 2019 that I sort of figured out what black sheep values were, coined that term, started to, to figure out what my non negotiables actually provable values that I could, that I could start to, to live by. But the truth was I wasn't actually programming them into my day. I just knew what they were. And so in January of 2019, I decided I was going to start to program them into my calendar, write them down within six months. My whole life changed. I went from speaking 20 times a year to 70 to 80 times a year. My speaking fee tripled. I got named one of the top 10 motivational speakers in the country, along with Magic Johnson, Jack Nicholas, and Amy Cuddy, and these amazing people. And, you know, when that first happened, I had imposter syndrome pr pretty strong. Why am I on this list with these people that, that some of them were heroes of mine? And it took me a minute, but what I've 
come to realize is that living your life with deliberate intention at the level of which I do is just as rare as Jack Nicholas winning 18 majors or, or Magic Johnson, uh, you know, having his Hall of Fame career. It is something that just doesn't happen without effort. And so while I teach it and it's how I make my living, to be honest, I'm really happy that not everybody does it because it's my competitive advantage. It's why I know every room I walk into, I'm, I'm going to win whatever that scenario is because I'm approaching it with deliberate intention. Is it the kind of thing that when you meet somebody, you can very easily determine in a short period of time whether they're a person who kind of lives life on their own terms with that purpose or is winging it? Is that something that's easily identifiable by you since you've kind of come with that experience and doing what you're doing? Or it's not as easily seen? People are good at kind of masking whether they are or they aren't. What's easy for me to recognize is what the top one or two values in someone's hierarchy is in a, within a you know, 30 second to a minute conversation with somebody. As long as it's a real conversation and we're having a genuine conversation, it's very simple to start to determine what truly matters by, you know, pe- words matter, right? Coming, coming from the music business as a songwriter, words matter. And when we talk about things that are favorites, our favorite food, our favorite smell, our favorite song, our favorite movie, whatever it might be. We use different words. We use different language. They're favorites for a reason. It's because uh, when your head and your heart connect, it engages your limbic brain. Your limbic brain is where all of your emotional long-term memory is stored. And it's why you can remember lyrics to your favorite song that was written 30 years ago. It's why you can remember that quote from your favorite movie. And so the idea with these values is they are sort of our favorites, right? It's, it's a value that exists in our heart within an experience that lives in our head. And when those two things connect powerfully, they become those immovable values that we actually have. And so when people start to talk about certain things and you see that spark in their eye, they get a little bit louder, they get a little bit more passionate. Um, you start to understand that those all are breadcrumbs back to whatever that black sheep value is. Right. That's great. So you kind of touched on it, but you know, as a musician, why do you think music affects people in such a powerful way? What, what is it about it that, you know, has that effect? I mean, I know we all have those stories about, you know, hearing a song, bringing us back to a certain state, you know, where's that power coming from? Uh, music is the universal language. You don't have to speak the language, right? I mean, it's, it's about melody. It's about major and minor chords, right? Major chords make you feel happy and minor chords make you feel sad. And when you, when you use them masterfully in a song, you engage people's emotions without having to say a word. And that's why it's so incredibly powerful. Um, whether it's Rachmaninoff or it's Garth Brooks, it, there, there is something for everyone in between. And, you know, the idea is that it sort of allows us to connect on a deeper level without even having to explain what it is that you're connecting over. Right. right? And that that's a, it's rare. There's very few things that, that, that I can think of in the world that allows for that sort of uh, connection with something so powerful. Yeah. I mean, the only other thing I could think of is Disney. <laughs> that has a powerful connection to people from kids to adults. I don't know why, but, uh, it's true. And, but it, with, with all due respect, it also has music involved there too, right? The, the theme songs and the, the music involved when you walk into the park. So it has that similar, uh, type of effect as well. I'd argue that Disney is, is a master at showing you what they've truly value. 
you know what Disney's values are. Right. There is no question. So when you walk into their park, you experience those values from the person serving you ice cream to the person sweeping up on Main Street to it that, you know, they, they are the living embodiment of Disney values. And, and you get that with every single person who works there, which is something that I can't say for almost any other brand on the planet. Yeah. Agreed. We had, we've had uh, Dan Cockrell, who was a 20, 30 year Disney executive. He started from parking cars to running all of Magic Kingdom. And wow. he, he wrote a book called Culture is King, uh, all about the culture there. So uh, it, it's it's got an amazing culture. So I know you have a podcast called Thoughts That Rock. And I have to mm-hmm. ask you, what's been the most fun conversation you've had on, your, on that show? There've got to have been some interesting ones, I'm sure. We've had some pretty amazing conversations. The podcast is centered around one question for every guest, which is what's the best advice you've ever been given and how did it change your life? Right. That's it. Amazing question, by the way. We have our own question, which you're going to hear in a few minutes, but uh, awesome. But I, I'd like to hear the most fun conversation that you've gotten or maybe the f- most fun answer there. So I'll give you I'll give you my favorite is a guy named Steve Cockrum, who is the CEO of a company called Giant Worldwide and just an amazing an amazing conversation about, uh, he wrote a book about the type of gears that we live our life in from, from sort of first gear to fifth gear, right? If you think about it as driving a car right. and how important it is to recognize where you are. And, you know, you, if you tried to start your car in fifth gear, you're not going to get any place very quickly. <laughs> um, and so. It was just an amazing conversation. We've had an amazing conversation with like Soledad O'Brien was a fantastic guest. Uh, Scott Kelly, the astronaut was amazing. Um, Joe Sheets from, you know, Sheet gas stations all, all over the, the East Coast. Um, we've had, I don't know, we're in a, 150, 160 episodes now, something like that over the last few years. Just some really, really great conversations. Cat Cole was another phenomenal conversation, the former president and CEO of Focus Brands, uh, and now uh, the president of AG Greens. She just took that position uh, several weeks ago. It's been some pretty impressive stuff, I got to tell you. Awesome. I love that question and I, you know, I love the answers and, you know, more importantly, the, the people. It's, uh, it's a great show. So keep up the, uh, the good work there. Thank you. So listen, what are the next big things up for Brant Menzoir? What, what's, what's coming down the pike? So sort of in the parallel path of, uh, of my life, one being on the, on the speaking and, and values based leadership side. And then on the other, it with Buki call, uh, on the speaking side, you know, got a lot of events coming up with, uh, in-person events coming back to, to exist again. Right. <laughs> right. So a lot of travel, uh, coming up in the next year, uh, speaking specifically on building bridges. The, all my content right now centers around once your employees discover what their non-negotiable values are and the company reveals what their non-negotiable values are, you have to build bridges to be able to get to each other. And so how do we build those bridges instead of making people trek through the muck? We want to stay above all that fray. And and we do that by building these bridges. And so that's what I've been doing and will continue to do for the remainder of this year on that side. On the other side, we are looking at with Buki Call of 
once the world is is a little bit safer than it is right now, we are going to be driving live events. We'll be doing a bookie call speed dating nights at bookstores all over the country where you go in and with your friends and you do, you know, there's 10 books that will be five fiction, five nonfiction, and you can go in and speed date them a couple minutes a piece. You get the chance to read the profile on the app. You get a chance to listen to a clip of the audio book. And if you like what you read and hear, then you grab that book at the store and you bring it to the counter and check out and the the local bookstores will get all the revenue from that to sort of drive people back to brick and mortar and help the mom and pops the best we can. I love that. And maybe we'll have the pleasure of uh, seeing each other one day at uh, at a book signing because uh, I typically uh, attend those when they were in person. They're starting to come back. So yes. we're, we're hopeful to attend one of those. So so like your show on Thoughts That Rock, we here on the Midland Money Mindset, we also have our one question that we ask all of our guests. It's not the only question, but it is our final question, which is, what did you do today that brought you joy and put you in the right mindset for success? I fed my sheep. <laughs> when your sheep are are, are uh, fat and happy, um, life is good. And so, you know, that uh, I was excited for this conversation. It's been on the books for several weeks. And, um, you know, th- the opportunity to share both from a, a creativity standpoint of what drives me and keeps me sort of engaged uh, with the values that I have, but also um, telling people that, that there's so much more if they're willing to do the work, if they're willing to truly discover what matters most to them, there's a life out there that they can't even fathom exists. And it, it's not just financial success. While that is a default repercussion of living your life on purpose is financial success, right? It just, it just is. One of the things I talk about in the book is we can't control outcomes, right? You, uh, unless your name is Gandalf or Glenda, you don't, you don't have that type of power. And so the best that you can do is to make decisions with deliberate intention, right? And so that requires you to know what matters most to you. And so if you do the work to figure that out, you're going to start to see that everything in your life becomes better, whether that's your, your finances, your work life, your home life, your friends, your family, all of your relationships get better. Everything starts to come into focus and you start to live a life of fulfillment where at the end of each day, you go to bed and you sleep like a baby because you know, you did things that mattered today and it starts in your own house and it goes out from there, right? You start with your own, your own sort of ecosystem of what you control. But then what you don't realize is that impact of living with deliberate intention has so many ripples that, uh, you start affecting people that might be 5,000 miles away. Yeah. And, and you're doing it with the podcast. You're doing it with the work that you do with your, with your customers and your clients of, of, you know, bringing some of the, of the, not just success, but the stability and everything that comes along with security and knowing that you're taking care of your family for for not just now, but for generations to come. Leaving that legacy is everything, but you can't get there if you're just going to wing it. Right. So for me, stop winging it. <laughs> get your bleep together and start living your life on purpose. That's the point. I, listen, I love it, Brant. Uh, we're in full alignment. I, I agree. I love what you have to say, and we'll continue to watch and, and follow you and your success. And if our listeners want to find you, connect with you, we'll have all the information in the show notes, but what is the easiest way for them to do that? On social, it's Brant Menswar, B-R-A-N-T-M-E-N-S-W-A-R. 
anywhere and everywhere imaginable. And on Bookie Call, it's just at Bookie Call, B-O-O-K-Y-C-A-L-L. What's better than that? Listen, I I appreciate your time, Brant, and uh, we'll have all the information about your speaking as well as Bookie Call in the show notes and uh, make it a great day. Thanks, Larry. I want to thank Brant Mansoir for being a guest on the Midland Money Mindset. Brant is on a mission to help people find books that they will truly love. When Brant is not working on Bookie Call, he is working with people to help them dig deeper into their lives and start living on purpose. He certainly provided us with some great takeaways to help us get started today. Brant and Bookie Call can be found across all social media platforms, and all the contact information needed to find them can be found in the show notes. Thank you for joining us this week on the Midland Money Mindset. Make sure you visit our website at midlandmoneymindset.com and smash the subscribe button so you don't miss a show. We encourage you to help others find our valuable content and please don't keep us a secret. You can also schedule an Is There a Fit call right from our website or by using the link that you'll find in the description section of your podcast player or app. And be sure to join us for our next episode to learn more about getting your mind right when it comes to all things money. The opinions voiced in the Midland Money Mindset Show with Lawrence Sprung are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. Investing involves risk, including possible loss of principal. No strategy ensures success or protects against loss. To determine what may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, financial or tax advisor prior to investing. Investment advisory services offered through CWM LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor. Guests on the Midland Money Mindset Show are not affiliated with CWM LLC.